The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's Brad the South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a fit of 247 Sports. Brad, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? Did you watch any of the scrimmage? I did not. I watched um, maybe a little bit of highlights y'all posted or, or something that I seen online, but I did not catch any of the scrimmage. Oh man, I thought you were going to go out there. Nope, I did not. I was not able to make it. Did you go? Did, were you out there? I wasn't. I didn't go out to the scrimmage. But the biggest report from the scrimmage was that defensively they weren't very good. Offensively, they basically did whatever they wanted to do. Do you take much away from that? I don't. I don't take a whole lot from that, man. I've been a part of too many practices where, where the coach just scripted for for certain situations, certain plays. Um, I mean, our offense is is better than our defense. Let's not get it twisted. But um, I, I don't think that that that's the tell all. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that go into that, man. I mean, your quarterback can't get hit. There's a lot of different stuff that's. Um, that you know that, that that can make the defense look worse, but I, I don't I don't I don't read too much into it. I mean, it, it, every every scrimmage usually when you're in, um, usually have two I think two live scrimmages, maybe three before the before the actual first game. And it's funny how 
most of them, it's one side of the ball is disappointed. It's like, hey, the offense did really bad or had the defense did really good. It's just kind of one of those things. We'll wait for about a week from now and see what happens. Um, I'm sure there, there's probably going to be a report that the defense did much better or something, something along the lines of that. Lane Kiffin wasn't happy. Pretty much lit into the defense after that scrimmage. They're not as bad as they probably showed on Sunday. And the offense, as good as they are, isn't probably as good as they showed on Sunday. But I'm with you. I don't think you can really tell too much this early because if you've been a part of these or covered these for any length of time, you know that usually one side of the ball is ahead of the other. I think the worrying thing is it'd be different if offensively they struggled a little bit because you expect the offense to be good regardless. But for the defense to be so bad last year and then in their first opportunity in a scrimmage setting, a game-like setting, to show that they've improved against an offense that's going to be one of the best in the SEC, if not the nation, and they laid a complete egg, I think that's where – the general worry about the defense is coming from. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. But but then again, man, I mean, it's football. It's it's a scripted practice. Um, the coaches sit down and talk about it. That's that's not always. That's not going to be the case. I mean, it's uh, and like I said, our defense, our, our offense is better than our defense, and and that's that's a fact. But um, you know, could, can they blitz? Can they could they do certain stuff? Um, could they hit crowd? No. Could they? You know, there's just like little things that that I think you don't take into account that it, it could make a difference for a defense. So um, we'll see. We'll see how we'll see if the report, the reports are next scrimmage. And, um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, if nothing else, it'll, it'll motivate them even more in this coming week. And, and um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if you didn't see a similar report, but the, the defense did better the next scrimmage. Is there a time in the fall where you do start to worry where it's okay to worry? Yeah. I mean, if we come out, I mean, you can look at, you can look at week one. I mean, we come out week one and it's more the same from last year. Um, I think it's a little deeper than the personnel at that point. So, um, yeah, I, I think that I think you need to see improvement right off the bat from our defense compared to last year. And, and I think you'll know, maybe you won't know, know right away, just depending on how good Louisville is. But I, I think that, you know, you come out there that first game and and you give up 40 points. Um, I think you have to be very concerned. But I, I, I don't see that happen. I see us being a little bit better on defense. I will say this. If Ole Miss comes out and it's more of the same against Louisville and it doesn't get much better and it's another year where offensively they're doing everything right but defensively can they just get one or two or three stops, just a couple of stops, the heat will be on D.J. Durkin. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you look across the board, um, you have most of your players back, so you should know them well enough. And, and you know, from a development standpoint, they should, they should have gotten better over over a course of a year and not to mention you got jacob springer all year you got Otis reese all year you had a two good juco defensive tackles um i mean you got got a, some good influx of young talent um you got the same linebackers back i mean it's yeah you you should you should be much improved man i mean if, if you're out there getting sliced and diced um you know off the bat it's it's much the, the problem runs way deeper than the than the personnel that's right because we've said this countless times before, it's not about going from 120 to 50. It's about going 120 to 80. You don't have to be one of the best defenses in the country for this team to be really good. You just have to not be one of the very worst and the worst hands down in the SEC. That's all. There's not much expectation for this defense. Just don't live up to the expectation of last year of, oh, this defense can't stop anybody because it became a hope and a prayer type defense. Can they get one stop? Can they make one turnover to change the game? Because offensively, they've got a chance to score every time they touch the ball. So if you can give the offense ample opportunity to score, and that includes getting one or two critical stops paired with resistance, 
resistance defensively. Don't make it easy on the opposing offense. At least make them work to score a touchdown. Run some clock. Don't let them score in four plays. Let them score in eight to ten plays. And every once in a while, be good in maybe one area. The red zone. Hold them to a field goal. You're not asking for a lot. You're just asking them not to be dismal. Not to be catastrophically bad like they've been for the last handful of years. That's it. That's not a high expectation. It's just unfortunate that the first look we've gotten of this defense was in a scrimmage in which they got absolutely destroyed by an Ole Miss offense that we know is going to be good. If they'd have turned around and been the opposite end to where offensively they did some good things, but they still got beat by the defense, everybody would be feeling totally different today about that scrimmage. But because the defense was every bit as bad as they were last year in the first scrimmage action, that's why everybody's kind of bummed out today or a little worried today. Can you show a little improvement leading up to the opener? And in the opener, can you show some improvement? Because offensively, this offense is going to be better than pretty much every defense it lines up against, say for Alabama or whoever. But defensively, you just cannot be absolutely abysmal out there. That's all it is. You don't have to be good. You don't even have to be mediocre. Just don't be a disaster. Yeah, it reminds me of the um, – so so I think it was quite a, quite a long stretch there, the Patriots' defense. If you went and looked at them statistically, they weren't very good, but they were really good at red zone. Like they get red zone takeaways. You can't never score on them. You can always drive down the field, but you can never, never get an end zone on them. And um, it's got, kind of goes back to that. But, but this defense in general, if you look at it in a scope, it, it's never statistically going to be a good defense because of the kind of offense that we run. And you have to realize that. But at the same time, we can make it tougher, tougher on the opponents. I mean, whenever you're running an up-tempo offense like we're running, I mean, you can go out there and be off the field in 20 seconds in your defense. But you're gonna, this is a defense that's going to have to play a lot of plays, which is tough. And we probably don't have the depth to, to, to really dominate with the amount of plays the defense is going to have to play. You know, we either score quick or, or the drives quick. So um, statistically, the other team's going to get to run a lot of plays against us. So, so we're not going to be crazy statistically, but you're right. There can be areas where – we're really good at maybe we're a good takeaway team. Maybe maybe we're really good in the red zone. You know, maybe we have solid pass. You just something in there that that makes this defense tough to score on. Now, getting score on is not not the end all be all. But like, hey, let's make it. You can't have somebody come in there and rush for 450 yards on you in a day or throw for 700 yards on you. That's that's just you just can't have that. Be good in the red zone. Be a good turnover team. Be a good sack team. Just be good at something. Not everything. Just something. Got 43 questions in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. So let's just get right into it. After we hear from Modern Woodman, this is Talk of Champions. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. Bell time. The, the, the nail's here. 
got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Opening up the Modern Woman Mailbag, this is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Bradley Sow. Some 47 questions, near 50 questions. I didn't do the total count. So near 50 questions in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. Let's start on Twitter. Jake at Callaway. Jake, he'll lead us off. Where will we finish in the SEC? Mm, bold question. Um, I think I think it's just going to depend on on how good our defense is. I don't know. We just talked about this, but I hate to go right back to it. But I think it just depends on how good our defense is. Is it much better? And secondly, um, you know, I think if you look at the wide receiver room, um, I think I think you have you have one guy emerging. You know, Lane's comments on you know Dennis Jackson looks decent, but a lot of their guys are kind of inconsistent. Kind of worries me just a little. I think it's really going to depend on who's who's going to step up and be the playmakers at wide receiver, and then what kind of defense are we going to have, man? I mean, um, if, if it's just like last year where we're scoring a ton of points, but all but losing games um, by giving up a ton, you know, it's going to be a crapshoot. But if our defense is steady and our offense does what what it did last year, um, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say at least top three in the West, um, if not competing for it. Third in the West, Braylon Sanders has had a dynamic fall camp. He looks every bit as good as he needs to look right now. Going to be the number one wide receiver going into the year. Can he stay healthy? If he stays healthy, I think he's in for an absolute breakout year. We've been waiting on it. We've seen flashes of it. He's been great when he's been healthy. Can he stay healthy? And if he does, he's going to be a breakout candidate. I say third in the West, and obviously they have the upside to finish higher depending on the defense. Dave, at Gunboat Dave, where was Jonathan Mingo during the scrimmage? This needs to be a big year for him. He played. He had two receptions for eight yards. He didn't do much, but he did play in the scrimmage. But he's right. Jonathan Mingo needs to have a big year this year. We've been waiting for the Jonathan Mingo breakout. This needs to be the year. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, you, you're going to need you're going to need a couple of receivers to to step up, and 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 if they don't, um, I mean, I, I can see them throwing some of the younger guys in there um, to to put them in the fire and get them some experience. Um, I mean, if you're young and talented and you got got them for four years, why not throw them in there if the older guys aren't aren't producing at a clip that uh, at a consistent clip that that, that you're satisfied with. Beham Ole Miss Club at Beham Rebel Club over under 40 points per game for the Ole Miss offense. Uh, I think you're going to see right there at that, if not a little bit better. Um, and I think this year the reason being is you're going to play some non-conference games where we're going to absolutely light them up. Um, so it's really going to boast those stats. But but I think you know within SEC play, I can see us um, you know being in the in the 30s every game somewhere in the 40s. So yeah, I, I would say over that. David Hudson at Huddy 32. Brian Jordan or Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, as far as being a Brave is concerned. Brian Jordan, and it's not close. Morgan Montgomery at Morgan M1234567. Will Jerion Ely have a starting spot in the outfield next season? I say no because he's going to have declared for the NFL draft, and he's going to be going through the draft process and then the draft in April. So I say no. What about you? Um, I, I, I would say the, the path you, you laid out is probably likely. I think he's... Um, he probably de- declares, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think baseball, he may, he may do baseball, but I just think him missing that season kind of set him back. And, um, I mean, he's, he's got too much momentum going to football right now to, to probably, probably go the baseball route. Where is he going to start? Where in the outfield? He missed all of last year and they returned their entire outfield. I don't know where he starts. Brian Green at Brian G1214, and that's assuming that he doesn't declare which he's going to. Brian G1214, do you think Liberty can beat Vanderbilt at Vandy? Yes. 
<laughs> likely. Yeah, I, I, I would say they're. I'd say they're going to beat Vandy. They'll beat Vandy, and it'll be way too uncomfortable when they play Ole Miss in Oxford. Ben, we are going to smash them in Oxford. There's okay. there there will, will not be uncomfortable. I can promise you that. Okay, Beham Ole Miss Club at Beham Rebel Club is the offense just that good, or is our defense bad? I think it's a combination of both, man. You got to think about this. So our our offense, you, most guys were here last year. They were all playing together. Um, that they, they should be they should be clicking on all cylinders. There was no learning curve coming into this camp. They had been been together all year last year. They had the spring. I mean, they they, they should be firing on all cylinders in camp. They, they they should be almost game ready after a week. Honestly, that's that's when you play with it with an offense that's together for multiple years with the same quarterback, same coordinators. You come into the season and you're already talking about stuff that um, you know from last year, former plays, different ways to, to get better within certain routes, certain schemes. So yes, our, our offense is much better than our defense. When our defense is kind of you know still a bunch of pieces, they're kind of plugging all in. And, and Lane did say, hey, they played a bunch of guys. So you know the, the, there's the pieces are still kind of moving on that side of the ball. They're still trying to create an identity. So. Yeah, I, I would expect our offense, if we're going to be as good as I think we're going to be, I would expect our offense to kick our defense's ass in the first scrimmage. That's a really important point that doesn't need to be lost here. They are playing a lot of guys defensively, and they're going to trim that down before the season starts. They want to see as many guys as possible in different situations. So I don't know if you can take too much from it to begin with, but when you factor in how many guys they're playing, that's not how many they're going to play once the season starts. They're basically just looking to see what they have and how guys respond to game-like situations. So, yes, defensively, they aren't good by any stretch of the imagination. But to try to judge too much off of that first scrimmage, I think, is kind of foolhardy because they're going to be a little bit better. I don't know if they're going to be much better, but they're going to be a little bit better than what they showed in that first scrimmage because they are playing way too many guys. So if you're running a guy out there with the third team that might end up playing with your first team, well, that third team unit is not going to ever play, but that guy might. And he might get a little exposed on the third team, but you're bumping up to the first team. Maybe it's different. They're just playing a lot of guys. You can't really discern one way or the other what the depth chart is on defense. You can't on offense. You can't on defense. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, mean, I think that's a fair assessment. It's just one of those things where let's let it play out a little bit. Um, but really, the ultimate judge, I don't care what they say in scrimmages. I don't care what's reported. I don't care how great the offense looks. You can't get too high or too low because you just don't know until you go out there versus versus a good opponent. Hell, both, both units may, may not be worth the crap. Until you get thrown out there versus a real opponent and, and see what live bullets look like, you just don't know. Hell, our defense can show up and absolutely dominate after hearing hearing about how bad they were in camp. I mean, you, you just never know. I'm telling you, it, it it plays itself out on the football field when the actual game starts, and that's what people should should be geared up for. Practice reports. I mean, that's that's all simulated football. When, when the bullets really fly, that's when you can you can make a fair judgment. Right now. Guys are just trying to get better. They're trying to get as good as they can, and and, and the real test on both sides of the ball will be when they when they line up versus a real opponent. Drew at Moke Drew. Name one breakout player for football, basketball, and baseball. Ooh. Um, so football breakout player. Um, a football breakout. Who needs a I would say a I would say a Drummond. Well I I, I think if we're gonna be really good, I think a guy like Drummond would need would need to really break out. Um, baseball, I would say um, Somebody that's who, who can take that next step, maybe like a, I would say like, I mean, Justin Bench is already good, but a guy like that getting the superstar. I mean, what do you, baseball, let's go pitcher wise. We need to start pitcher. So let's go like a, 
I don't know, Jack Doherty ends up being a legit starter. We need mm. him to break out somebody like that. Yeah. Um, and basketball, not really my thing, but I'm I, I'm all over the little roughing guy. Like he just reminds me of the moody player we used to have here. Um, I, I say he comes out, he's like dropping threes all over the place. Football, offensively, I'll say Caleb Warren. Defensively, I'll say Austin Keys or Cedric Johnson. Cedric Johnson, that's my guy. Yeah. Basketball, Matthew Morrell. In baseball, I got two of them. Brandon Johnson taking a step like Taylor Broadway as a closer, or Parker Caracy. And then Kemp Alderman as DH. Yeah, solid picks. I mean, Kemp, Kemp apparently there were some good reports on him this, this summer, and they, he is kind of legendary in what they say he can be. So, um, yeah, it would be nice to see a guy like that. I mean, if, if, he, if a Kemp Alderman has like a breakout, he's a legit player, our offense would be – I mean, good grief. They're already going to be unreal, but imagine plugging someone in there. Imagine him DH in the six or seven hole but with, with what he can be. I mean, it, it would be, it'd make our lineup crazy. Kenneth Collins at RebelFan68. Who would win head to head? 2019 LSU versus 2020 Alabama. Oh, man, that'd be a great game. I'm going to say. LSU was very good that year. I, I mean, but but if you look at stats wise, heck, Alabama did about the same thing on offense. So um, Alabama, I, I'm taking Alabama all day. I mean, it's they had a bunch of first rounders. They it was shut at LSU, but um, uh, I'm I'm taking Alabama. I just it's just Nick Nick Saban is that clear. he's just a better coach. That's the only advantage I give that Alabama 2022 team, 2020 team, excuse me, because 2019 LSU as far as talent. And Joe Burrow being one of the best college quarterbacks ever and having the best season of any college quarterback ever, I would go with that talent. But Nick versus Ed O, Nick all day. All day. Yeah. You know, you know, one thing to think about there though is LSU, they were very good that year, but their defense was was a bit shaky at times. I think Alabama would have been able to slow them down just a little bit and their offense. Uh, I just don't think LSU's defense is stopping Alabama. I'm just thinking about Terrence Marshall. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That team was loaded up offensively, man. Yeah, you, really can name the, you can name the same for Alabama, too. Yeah, Najee, uh, Mack. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Devontae Smith. Yeah. I mean, they, they, had, they had the exact same – they almost had the exact same makeup, a bunch of first-round receivers and a first-round running back, first-round quarterback. So, um, yeah, it was, it was almost the exact identical makeup, both, both teams. I'm just a big homer when it comes to Joe Burrow. I love that kid. Love him. I don't know if he's going to succeed in the NFL because I don't know if he can stay healthy. But, man, as a college quarterback, it didn't get any better than that. Sometimes you got to – I mean, when you get drafted to certain teams, man, it's hit or miss. That's why you like the Bengals, the Jets, those teams, they always worry you. The Bengals are the worst. Jody Kitchens at J Kitchens 1810 In your opinion, does the SEC expansion help or hurt Kiffin's chances of staying longer at Ole Miss? Uh, I mean, it doesn't, I don't, I don't think it really matters either way. I mean, I think that it's, um, I don't, I don't see how any kind of expansion could, um, could help or hurt, um, you know, Kiffin staying or, or going, I think it's just situational based. Um, you, you just gotta, you gotta see how it all plays out. I mean, Kiffin's still got to win at Ole Miss and, and win big to get the, the, to get another big gig, or maybe he wins here and, and makes Ole Miss into a powerhouse and stays because we step up and pay him. They are paying him big right now. I think he's the number 12 coach now in the country as far as getting paid year to year. But if the ACC and Big 12 and Pac-12 do come together with an alliance, which is a report I saw recently, that's a game changer. 
That's all the conferences basically coming together and say, screw you, SEC. We're not going to let you take over the planet. But it does help when the SEC right now is on top of the college football world. And it'd be naive to think that the SEC won't stay there, even if you consider what all the other conferences do as a response. The SEC is still going to be the king of college football. So it definitely helps to have all the best teams in the SEC, including Texas and Oklahoma. Because Texas seemed like an obvious fit for Elaine Kiffin if they got desperate enough. But they already made their move. They got Sark now. Why then would Lane Kiffin want to jump to a Miami or to a UCLA, a team like that that might be tempting for his lifestyle and where he likes to coach, Florida, California, unless they do pair up with the ACC, with the Big 12, and form that super-duper conference? That's the only way I can see that really happening because he's on the biggest stage, so as long as Ole Miss is paying him, he's always going to flirt. Always going to flirt. But flirting is fine. As long as Ole Miss shows the commitment, Ole Miss is always going to be in the catbird seat to keep him. But there are going to be other schools, big-time schools, that get desperate and decide that Lane Kiffin can do what he did at Ole Miss, which is immediately come in and provide instant credibility, instant national attention. He is the immediate shot in the arm. He is the hired gun. When you hire him, you're hiring the full experience. Ole Miss did it. And immediately Ole Miss leapt from obscurity to national recognition and prominence as far as visibility, not as far as on the field. They only went five and five. They got a long way to go to make that step up. But everybody knows about Ole Miss. Everybody knows about Lane Kiffin. He gives you instant national credibility. So there are going to be other teams, other programs that are that desperate for that exact thing. But the SEC having all the best teams in the country, the biggest names, Of course, it helps. You want to be in that group. You want to play against the best. And once the college football playoff inevitably expands, the SEC is going to have, what, six of 12 teams in the college football playoff? Can Ole Miss be one of those six? Sure it can. Sure it can. As long as you're in the tournament at that point, you got a shot. Better shot than you would if the ACC and Pac-12 and Big 12 don't come together. This is where you want to be if you're a head coach. And as long as Ole Miss is paying him, they're always going to be in the catbird seat. Yeah, I'd agree, man. Just uh, Here's the thing. What I would like to see from Ole Miss and like to see in, in this situation is, of course, he's Lane Kiffin. He's going to have a lot of a lot of people after him. I think really the only teams you'd worry about are some, or, or any teams in Florida or any teams in California. Aside from that, I think I, think, I, I just don't see him going anywhere else. Um, I, I just think as long as Ole Miss always – has a blank check for him as long as he's winning and money isn't the issue. And, and if he were to ever leave, it would be for him leaving off of his decision and not have to do with money. Then I, I'd always be fine with it. As long as Ole Miss was able to match right. whatever, any other school would ever give him, I would be totally fine. I, I would like for the decision to be something other than, than money. So um, as long as we're matching that competitive in that sense, I think that I think we'll be fine. Galen Martin music at GM crutches. How is the pass rush looking I assume Sam Williams is our best, but how about Clowney or others? Is anybody flashing? You know, I have not had a chance to go out there and look and see. Um, looking at the reports, it sounds like um, you got to get out there, man. I know. I'm, I'm gonna get out there. I'm gonna get out there on the. I've been busy on the weekends, but I'll I'll, um, I'll get out there kind of closer to the end. Um, I mean, just just looking at the reports, it sounds like um, what's the the Cedric? Um, what's his last My name? My guy Cedric yeah. Johnson. Sounds like Cedric Johnson has, has kind of stepped up and, and 
and, and taking that role. I would imagine that um, 95, the um, Tavius Robinson. Yeah, Tavis. I imagine he's he's looking pretty good. He looked decent in the spring whenever I was out there. So I'll get out there and check him out and see what um, what kind of pass rush we're getting. It sounded like um, this weekend that there wasn't a whole lot of whole lot of good to the There was not. Play. There was not. Demond Clowney is coming on pretty good right now. But Cedric Johnson, if you're asking for guys that are flashing, he's number one on that list. Ole Miss Sports at Rebel Sports Talk. Can colleges do joint practices like the NFL? I, they cannot. I, I think by rule they can. And honestly, the the reason why I don't think it would be possible is because the amount of guys that you have. Um, I mean, both 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 schools probably have a hundred guys out there in uniform, which is which is crazy to think about. So to get two hundred kids together on the field, um, it would be tough. And I, I think that um, yeah, I don't think it really benefit either school because you have so many guys. That that's why college has so many players. I mean, you have guys that can service each other and stuff. The NFL, the reason why it's beneficial is because you only have 53 players on the roster. Um, camp, camp, you got 90, you got a little more, but, um, you know, even when you do those joint practices, it's kind of the, the good versus good. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's not as beneficial for college. If, if I had to guess, it would be kind of, I mean, there's just way too many guys. Second question from Ole Miss sports. Who would you want to joint practice with if you could? Um, I mean, obviously you wouldn't want to practice with SEC school because it's, you know, it's a, it's a common opponent and usually you don't when you do joint practice, but, um, you know, probably somebody like Clemson or Florida state, somewhere along the lines of that would be fun. Maybe a, maybe a Notre Dame, let them come down here in, in this heat and get folded up like a cheap tent. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so somewhere along the lines of that. Yeah. Bring Memphis in here, beat them up pretty good. Something like that. <laughs> Omas sports again. Have you seen Costa kick yet? I have. Pretty good. Most accurate of all the kickers right now, I would say. He's got the biggest leg of anybody. Maybe not the most accurate. I'd take that back. But the biggest leg. I've seen him, and I like the leg. You can see he's the most talented of the group. Yeah. Um, who's the other kid? Is it Kel, Kel Nation? Is he the other yep. one that um, it sounds like he would get be a great NIL deal for some kind of like living foods or some kind of organic <laughs> shop? Demond Clowney question. Demond Clowney's flashing pretty good right now. I think he's going to have a big time role as far as situational pass rushing. I don't think he's going to be an every down guy. And will our base defense be a three four? It's looking that way. Yeah, I, I think. If, I mean, if you look at reports. It, it looks like they're running a three down. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm thinking it's because they they probably, um, you know, are thinking, hey, we we don't have us. We're not as deep on the D line, so let's you know, let's get a lot of DBs on the field where they are strong. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd have to take a good look at it just to, just to really put my eyes on it to see what, um, what their actual strategy is. It sounds like it's gonna be a little bit of, a little bit of exotic kind of, kind of blitz and kind of create pressure by, by bringing, bringing multiple guys, which is what a lot of teams do that don't have quite the pass rushers. We'll get right back to Bradley South in this mailbag edition of talk of champions. After we hear briefly from BNA bank, another proud sponsor of talk of champions, the signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable, and my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. 
Head over to pxg.com slash TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com slash TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to Tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Dave at Gunboat Dave, was the defensive line any better on Sunday or was the issue just tackling from the linebackers and secondary? It was just tackling in general. The tackling was terrible. Absolutely terrible. And it wasn't that they were necessarily out of position. They just weren't tackling well. And sometimes that's what you expect this early in fall camp. Live tackling. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah, it's um, it's just one of those things, man. I mean, it's first first go around. Let's let's give them a little time. Um, I mean, it's uh, you know, if it was probably the first time they they've live scrimmage other than goal line. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, give them a little bit of time, man. I mean, it's 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 <laughs> tackling. You can't just come out there after not being after being off since you know January and, and being a great tackler. You got to go out there and do it. And and unfortunately, nowadays you don't get to tackle as much as as um, as you probably need to, just because for injury standpoint and trying to keep guys safe. So um, yeah, I mean, give, give them a little time. This is fall camp. If you, you want to have a bad day, have it in fall camp. Don't have it in the first game. Did Isaiah Iten dress out for it? I'm pretty sure he did. I don't think there's anything I've heard that he didn't. So yes, I think he did. Good to see Jamon Gordon on the spirit stat sheet. Yeah, that was important. Jamon Gordon has to be good. He has to be good. He's one of those guys that you recruit as a junior college player, and with any junior college player, you're not recruiting JUCOs to sit. So he has to come in and have a role. Not saying he's got to start and be great from day one, but you got to come in and you have to provide something. And right now it looks like Jamon Gordon is providing something. T. Tisdale needs to be that starting nose. He's got the most talent, the most athleticism. He's big enough to handle it. If you're picking one guy that needs to be the nose, it's him. But who can be the backup? The good backup that can come in, maybe offer something a little bit different Jamon Gordon can be that guy. Yep, totally agree. You got got, got to play. And, and, and I, I'm gonna go as far as saying, if we're gonna be any bit of decent on defense, those two guys are gonna have to be solid contributors and be good players. If, if those two are on the bench, then then that's not a good sign. Nubby at Nub Sup sixty nine, the best 
Twitter handle on Twitter. What is it about Lane Kiffin's offense that makes it so difficult to cover the tight end? Well, I think it's well. First off, you know they they line up in multiple multiple places. You know you're off the ball, kind of in the slot. So it's a it's a it's a tough matchup. There's a lot of motion in there with the tight end. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on with the receivers as well that that kind of creates creates opening for the tight end. You know if you're clearing out the middle of the field and you get the tight end one on one, there's just a bunch of different stuff that that, that where he, where he can get lost in the shuffle. So um, yeah, I, I would I would say it would just it, it's it's really a compliment to what they do all over the field. You got running back that that's, you know, maybe, maybe flaring out, you get receivers that are, that are going deep. So the tight end gets a chance to get one-on-one quite a bit. And, and a lot of the times it looks like that, that teams are confused trying to cover our tight end. I couldn't put it any better. That's why I'm not really worried about the tight end position. Chase Rogers has looked fine. Hudson Wolf, he's flashed already. It doesn't matter who the tight end is under Lane Kiffin. He's going to get him open and he's going to get him the ball. They're always going to be a threat in this offense. Hottie Toddy at Jenny underscore Moyer. Can you please remind us of Braylon Sanders' past injuries? Well, last year it was an ankle. He's dealt with hammies. It's always been something. But last year it was the ankle injury. He's always dealt with something. He's never played a full season. Anticipate whether you think he can remain healthy and forecast his ceiling. Well, I think he can remain healthy, but he's already had to sit out of practice and ride the bike but he's back for the scrimmage. Maybe they're just trying to be cautious with him. If he can stay healthy, the sky's the limit for him. He's got the talent of a top three-round pick. Yeah, Bradlin Sanders has got, got real deal speed, man. I mean, he can he can really take the top off. So, yeah, it's just a matter of staying healthy. And then now he's going to finally get his opportunity to be the to be the guy. And it sounds like he is, um, you know, Lane, Lane, I mean, Lane threw it out there. He thinks he's going to, you know, put up big numbers this year or so. Um, yeah, it's it's you can't make the club in, in the tub. That's an old saying, and your best ability is availability. How about those two? Um, but he just it's just one of those things where he's got to stay healthy and he's got to go out there and put a full season together. But um, yeah, he's, he's going to be a big time player for us if he stays out there on the on the field. Clay Bermuda at Clay Bermuda. How would Ted Lasso's approach to fall camp differ from Kiffin's? Do you watch? Have you watched Ted Lasso? No clue who that is. Oh, man. You'd actually really enjoy Ted Lasso. It's a really good show on Apple Plus TV. It's about a coach, a football coach from America that takes <laughs> over AC Richmond, a soccer club in England. It's the perfect show for you. You would enjoy it. It's a happy show, but also it talks about big issues like depression and mental health. It's great. How would Ted Lasso be different from Kiffin in every way imaginable? Ted Lasso exudes positivity, a lot of it to mask his own sadness and depression, but he puts all of himself into his team and the people around him. Not to say that Lane Kiffin doesn't, but Lane Kiffin treats these guys like pros. Ted Lasso treats them as equals and friends and little brothers, all that kind of stuff. It's more of a bring you under my arm, I'm mama birding you, keeping you under my wing. That's how it would be different. Pay dirt. P-A-I-D-Y-R-T at a true rebel underscore 99. Did you see that beautiful blocking job by Tebow this weekend? Did you see this? Yeah, I saw it. Um, I, I think it's a little bit overblown. Um, okay, so so that block that he had is a tough block. Um, it, it, we usually call it like a whack block or a crack block. And um, sometimes when you're on those, you're supposed to cut. Okay, you're supposed to go down and cut the guy. And I know exactly what happened. Every now and then you get to, you're waiting on the line to clear out. You don't see the guy. And he was right in between like, hey, should I cut him? Should I not? And if you don't fully commit to the cut, 
you will look silly like that. And it, it, it's really, it's about timing too. He had a very poor angle there. Um, so it looked really extra soft, but it was kind of one of those things where he was, I think he was in between, you know, you, you gotta be a savage to do that block. And I don't think, I don't think, Tim is a savage in the blocking area. So look, 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 look. Uh, don't make excuses for this guy. The only reason he's getting an opportunity is because he's buddies with the coach. That's what the issue is. There are a lot of guys out there that are grinding, trying to get to this point that deserve an opportunity over a 33 year old, former minor league baseball player, but he's getting to try out because he's friends with the coach. He has no business being on a roster. And if they don't cut his ass, it just shows that it's a circus. It's a novelty act. Well, it, here's the thing. It's a it, that, that can be said about a lot of people, believe it or not, in, in, in sports. But there's something called moving the needle, and th- there's something to be said for a guy that can generate revenue for Brad, a, for a team. Brad, Brad, they just drafted yeah. Trevor Lawrence. It don't matter. Trevor Lawrence is not as marketable as Tim Tebow. That's full on bullcrap. Come on, man. No, that is not true. He's a quarterback. Quarterbacks move the needle. He's the best quarterback prospect Dude, since Tim Andrew Tebow, Luck. Tim Tebow is a global figure, okay? They oh. are using him. Yeah, yeah, of course, Trevor Lawrence may turn into to a, to a, a global figure, but if, te- if Trevor Lawrence is a bust, he will just be like a Sam Darnold or something like that. Tim Tebow is, is Tim known Tebow's across never the going it to is be about anything, money. but he's never going. What, what are you getting out of him? It doesn't matter. It's about it's about money. It's about okay. Money. What why, money is he earning you, dude? His jersey was like number one sales there for a while. Like they, it's about money. I'm not saying Tim Tebow should or shouldn't be there, and I'm gonna tell you right now, he's not getting cut. They they will put the, with the new practice squad rules. They'll put him on practice squad, and he'll be like the team chaplain. I mean, it, it, he he will be a part of that program in some sense. And if he does get cut, he'll probably be on the staff. But does so it not knock Tim, you as a coach? Does it not at least take away from your credibility when you're rostering this dude? Seriously, he has no business being on that roster. None. He's done nothing to prove that he belongs. The only reason he's getting this opportunity is because he's friends with Urban Meyer. Otherwise, he wouldn't be out there. And it just makes a travesty of the whole thing because there are a lot of guys that are grinding out there that deserve an opportunity and aren't getting one. And you're Jacksonville. You have the number one pick. You got Trevor Lawrence. You got Travis Etienne in the same first round. You have a lot of things. Urban Meyer himself on his own is a draw. And you should be having all of this discussion about all the good things that you're doing, about the new approach you're taking, about your quarterback, your franchise quarterback that you just drafted. And instead, all you're getting is ugliness on social media because you've got a minor league baseball player that's 33 years old trying to block, and he looks like if I were to go out there and try to block. And it's just because he's Tim Tebow. Exactly. But it depends on which way you look at it, man. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe he doesn't deserve to be out there, but you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that people don't see as well. There's a, 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 you can argue, yeah, Tim Tebow or the 90th guy on the roster. A lot of times 90th guy on the roster doesn't have any business being out there either. So, um, either way you shake it, that 90th guy is making the team some money. The other 90th guys is probably just getting cut and holding them back. So, um, it, it really don't matter aside from the 53 that are going to make the roster. He can't make the 53. Who knows? I mean, dude, I've seen crazier stuff happen in that league. There's some, there is some political stuff that goes on that will, that will blow your top off. Kenneth Collins at rebel fan 68, who would be removed in Mississippi, Tennessee, and Alabama. If each state could only have one team in the sec, 
considering athletic department as a whole. <laughs> and so what's over? What is that? We have to create a collection of teams. So obviously Alabama is going to be football. I mean, they're they're going to be the football team. Um, Are we just eliminating one team? Because it seems pretty easy. Vanderbilt and Tennessee, Auburn and Alabama, and Mississippi State and Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, if you're choosing one one sport from each state, I mean, it's it's easy. I mean, that's Tennessee basketball, Alabama football, Ole Miss baseball. Um, no, it's Mississippi the... State baseball. Oh, yeah, you're true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, oh, gosh. Um, Nubby, yeah, man, let's move on. Nubs up 69. <laughs> what are your thoughts on tankless water heaters? I've heard good things about the gas models, but brother... I'm not sold on electric. That is all. I think I have one of those. And, and the problem with it is, is whenever it, you get like a surge in the house, it, you have to go up in the attic and reset it, which is just a press of the button. But um, yeah, I mean, they're, it, it's, it, the, the water gets hot fast. I'll tell you that. So that's all I know about, about tankless water heaters. I'll take your word for it. Brody Clayton at Brody Allen. How does the defense improve if the defensive line is still not good? Seems that defensive line still has the most concern. And I know it's cliche, but they say the battles are won in the trenches. Do you think there will be much improvement there at all? Well, you know, that saying nowadays is kind of, I mean, it's out the window, to be honest with you. I mean, if you look at it, when we played Arkansas this year, they had three down linemen and they absolutely dominated us on, on defense. So um, the, the style of offenses that, that are played now, um, you know, honestly, it's, it's like a glorified seven on seven. So um, I, I don't think that it's necessarily the um, battle is one in the trenches nowadays, but um, having a good D-line, good D-line certainly helps. The way we can, the way we can um, be a good defense without being a dominant D-line would be just a kind of an exotic pressure kind of team. I mean, bringing guys from all over the place, um, you know, really giving the defense, you know, a good switch between man and zone not doing the same stuff all the time, you know, kind of switching up the cover just to, to give the quarterback something to, to think about. And at the same time, man, let's let's take some shots and, and blitz some guys. Um, you know, it worked last year. We kind of did that versus, I think, Kentucky, a couple couple teams where we started kind of sending guys off the edge, you know, really bringing some some stuff up the middle, um, just trying to get a turnover or two. Um, that, that, that's really the, the, the only way to, to improve without having a, a good D-line. Kenneth Collins at Rebel Fan 68 is a premier college football program. Would you rather have average coaching and superior talent or average talent and superior coaching? Um, I would say superior coaching. Um, I think that um, yeah, it is great to have good talent, but I've seen a lot of really talented teams that, that weren't very good because, you know, whatever it be scheme, whatever, um, or, or underperform. But there's nothing better than a school like a Boise or – or some of those schools who don't really get the big time guys, but they, they, you know, they develop their guys, they run good schemes. They always put up good numbers because they, you know, they have good coaches now where, where you get some, some really dangerous teams or the guys like Alabama who have great schemes and great coaches with superior talent. Then you get, you know, multiple national championships like, like you've seen. So um, yeah, a really well coached team can, can really cover up a lot of stuff. And I will say in, in the bowl game, LSU game, it really showed what kind of coach Lane Kiffin was because you know, we lost some of our better players on a team that already is, you know, doesn't have a ton of five stars out there, so to speak, or whatever. And he still put up good numbers, man. I mean, you plugged a tight end in there that that produced. You plug, I mean, it just kind of shows what we have now. Now we're starting to add some talent with it. Um, I think Ole Miss is kind of on the right track to being being a little bit of both of those. Hard disagree. 
Give me talent, said Ed Orgeron, winning a national championship. Give me talent, said Gus Malzahn, getting to a national championship with Cam Newton. Give me talent, said Gene Chizik, national championship winning coach. Give me talent. Yeah, but how, how was their longevity holding up? I mean, cool, flags you got one. fly forever, my friend. It doesn't matter. Just win one. Yeah, win, win, win one. It's fine. You're good. But you know, to 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 be a long lasting legacy. I mean, it's. I'm sure those guys wish they were still at their respective schools coaching. You get the right mix of good talent. Good talent wins out. Hugh Freeze used to say that. Hugh Freeze, notorious for brain farts, great as he was. His first year, one of the best coaching jobs I've ever covered in my career covering Ole Miss Athletics, hands down. Same breath, a couple years later, 2016, go to the Sugar Bowl. But what happened? Name the games they lost, including Memphis. Good talent wins out usually. Joey Saltwater at Isom Sox. Hypothetical. You just took a new job and you're moving out west. Where are you eating your last three meals in Oxford, breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Um, okay. Breakfast. I'm going with, um, I actually like first watch in Oxford. I know it's a, it's kind of, there's quite a few of them across the U S but I like that. I like that place. Lunch for me is going to be Bure and dinner will be St. Leo. Dinner, St. Leo, maybe downtown grill. Lunch is either proud Larry's or Ajax and breakfast is bottle tree bakery. Yeah, bottle tree, bottle tree is good. They're um they got some crazy hours though. Um yeah, but you're right though, man. I can't believe I forgot Proud Larry's is good. Yeah, I love Proud Larry's. Christian Bird, my buddy at Christian underscore bird. I'd like to discuss reasonable expectations for basketball. Reasonable? Being on the bubble, being seventh, eighth in the SEC, right there in contention. Gonna need to win one you're not supposed to, maybe two, maybe one or two in the tournament. It's gonna be a lot like last year. Can you win that one big game, that one or two big games? And they're going to lose a game or two they're not supposed to. It's going to put them in a weird spot. That's realistic expectations. The NIT with a chance to make it to the NCAA tournament, depending on the wins that they get. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do... Leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports, where you can get all of your fall camp covers that you're looking for. Just simply check out the website. We're running deals right now for a really cheap subscription. So now's the time to sign up. So head on over to omspirit.com, omspirit.com. We're going to go now to the Ole Miss Spirit message board for the rest of these questions. Before we do, let's hear from Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know, because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call. 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue. Just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. 
Let's be friends. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Going now to the Ole Miss Spirit message board. For the remainder of these questions in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions, we're going to start with UM778082. Brad, do you think the coach has fixed our ability to run the clock when we have a lead with four minutes to go? What do you think caused the problem? That limitation cost us two games last year. Yeah, it's kind of one of those one of those give or take things, man. I mean, our offense is high-powered. It's fast-paced. And most of the time, those offenses kind of struggle when it comes to slowing it down, which is, I mean, it's understandable. You give and take. I, I mean, it's um, it's one of those things you've got to kind of accept. I think I don't think that's where they where they're going to be successful is, is you know taking their time on the clock. But at the end of the day, it just comes down to running the football. You know, you know, using the you know using the game situation correctly. Um, you know, tr- trying to figure out a, a couple plays, maybe a package. Well, I mean, m- most teams have a four minute package. I mean, we we would go over specifically you know, what our plays are in four minutes. We had a, we had a total period for it and I'm sure they do as well. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure they're looking at it and, and, and figuring out ways to improve, but yeah, slowing it down for this offense probably isn't their specialty. Rebel two. Have you heard any rumblings about any coaching staff changes? This seems a little early, but just curious since I live eight to nine hours from Oxford, anything on the defensive side of the ball? Well, if this off season was any indication, there's going to be some staff changes. Yeah. I, I don't know that we're even, um, you know, even close to that discussion, I think we'll see, you know, um, you know, I, here, here, the better question would be, Hey, if Ole Miss struggles, he has the same struggles as, as this past year on defense, would Kiffin make that kind of move in the middle of the season or, or some kind of move middle of the season is, is the, is the actual better question there? I, I don't know. Um, but I, just judging off Kiffin's personality, I could see him getting pretty frustrated if, if the defense can't stop anybody. Okay, if that did happen, does Chris Partridge just become the defensive coordinator by himself? Is there another candidate on that defense? Randall Joyner maybe steps up? I don't know. Um, I, Yeah, I, I would think it, would, it just depends on who – you know, and you would have to be internal to know to know what that what kind of decision you know what Lane would do with that decision. I don't know who's actually calling it. You know, who's actually the um, you know who's his boy? Who's who's the one that you know? You, you just don't know. I mean, it's it all depends on what what's what's going on internally and who is um, who's actually in the doing all the calling. 
My prediction, if that were to happen, I don't think it's going to. If it were to happen, Chris Partridge would be the guy by himself. But another wild card possibility, Randall Joyner becomes the defensive coordinator in the interim with Marquise Watson taking over the defensive line. Yeah, I don't think that would happen. That's just a hypothetical. But I, I think both guys are too too highly respected for something like that to go on. I, I don't think they're, they would be. I mean, it would have to be a catastrophic breakdown of the defense, which would be essentially just like last year. Bottom line is this. If they show no improvement whatsoever, which I highly doubt is going to happen, but if it were to happen, DJ Durkin will not be the defensive coordinator next year. Heck no. No chance. Zero chance. Rebs 515. Are our expectations too high for this fall? Everyone brings up how many close games we lost, but don't bring up the extremely close games we were in that we won. Kentucky, South Carolina, Mississippi State, down 30 scholarship players. Yes, we could have been 8-2 and two last year with a couple of stops, but we could have easily been 2-8 and eight or 3-7. and seven. Am I crazy or just a pessimistic Ole Miss fan because of so many years of heartbreak in the past? No, I think that's a fair assessment. I think if you look at the Kentucky game, Kentucky was actually ranked when we went up there and played them and and, and was essentially a solid team. I mean, and you look at some of these games are based off matchups too. Kentucky was a really good running team with a good O-line, and they absolutely – I mean, their, their strength was our absolute weakness. So that's a lot of the reason why that game was close. And if you look at the state game, I mean, we were down – we were down two two solid players as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where, um, yeah, I, I just I just I think that, yeah, you're right. It could have been it could have been even it could be even worse. It could have been even better. But I think we we're just one of those teams where, um, you know, our defense our defense is going to struggle no matter who we played, and and the games are going to be close no matter what. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's a, that's an extremely fair question. Matt Smith, fantasy football PPR league. Who are you and Brad picking first and why? I'm guessing that you don't play fantasy football, so I'll simply tell you, Christian McCaffrey. I'm not sure what um, what PPR is. I don't, I don't do fantasy football, but, um, I mean, I'd have to see how the points system worked. But, I mean, I would think a Patrick Mahomes would be up there maybe. I don't know. You don't maybe pick Patrick a- Mahomes first. You pick running backs if you're trying to win. Okay. Well, perfect. I've never played fantasy in my life. All I know is, uh, is screaming fans screaming at players about fantasy does that happen playing. does that happen when you're out there oh, Do you hear dude, that that happens that happens more than anything in the league that's why players hate it you have guys screaming at guys off the field about they lost their game because because you didn't do anything today so um yeah fantasy is, is widely hated in the nfl sounds like i need to start a new league and you need to join and we need to have some fun there's a zero chance i would play fantasy football but i'll watch it all right M. Shane, how close are they to the 85 scholarship limit right now? I think they're pretty close. Maybe one or two off. I think they're on there. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the numbers. But, uh, yeah, I would think we, we should be getting pretty close. We should be recovering from from, from the, the um, you know, obviously all the issues we had before. BBB40, how has the defensive line looked overall? I feel like they will make or break our defense's success. Yeah, I think I think you – you know, you, you, it's hard to tell just because the reports, you know, you, you say defense has done really bad um, or, or, you know, there's been reported the defense is really bad in the first scrimmage. Um, you know, I'd have to go out there and look. Uh, that, that's one thing I don't watch closely when I do go out there is, hey, what's the, what's the one-on-ones look like? What's the defensive line look like? Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, I, like I said earlier, it, it could make or break us. It would certainly help if we had a good D-line, but, you know, with with the way the offense is played nowadays, man, you can really, you know, Arkansas kind of did it. Um, you can kind of you can stack the box with some DBs, and 
and um, kind of play a bend but don't break type defense, which which I don't prefer. I'm, I'm kind of like one of those old school, you know, want to see a D line kind of get after guys deal, but. I don't think it necessarily breaks as if they're bad, but it, it's it's certainly going to have to be better than it was last year. I mean, I, it doesn't, doesn't have to be dominant, but it has to be serviceable. DM Harris 7, with the new NIL deals, are we looking at instead of people turning in violations to the NCAA, people will now try to get players in trouble with the IRS? Uh, I mean, even if they get in trouble with the IRS, I don't know how it affects them in football. Um, I mean, it's I mean, maybe if they went to jail or something, but I don't um, – yeah, I don't. I don't see how that would that would get a school or or a player in, in any more trouble than hey, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna owe the IRS some money. Um, but yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully, I mean that's one of my biggest concerns with this whole NIL thing is people got to realize, hey, if I'm going to do a ten thousand dollar deal, this isn't you're not getting a Venmo or a, you know whatever kids do now a Cash App. You're getting a freaking ten ninety nine. You know, you're getting a you're getting a real getting a real document that you have to report and pay taxes on. So um, hopefully, there's somebody out there giving them giving them advice and teaching them, you know. You know the the ways to the to correctly uh, manage their money in this deal. FPT Rebel, having seen Lane's no patience for coaches being average. If the defense is bad this season, does Durkin get canned? We've already kind of covered this, but still. Yeah, he's. Um, there's, <laughs> if our defense is bad again, there's going to be some next chop. That's I mean, there's no other way to put it. There's Lane already is is you know looks looked impatient in his interview. He was he looked pretty mad about about the performance, but yeah, I, I think that, um, they're going to be better. I mean, I, I, I'm more than sure they're going to be better, but at the end of the day, you should never know. And yeah, if, if it's more of, if it's more of the same and, and Matt Krause senior years wasted on, on a really bad defense. Um, yeah, I, I, I there's no way that, that it continues. He, he lets that continue. Beham Reb 25. Hey Ben, not heard much on Iton and Gordon. Are they still swimming a little bit, a little bit as you would expect? Or would they be able to contribute early? They're going to contribute early. They have to. Also, who are some young linebackers to step up? Austin Keys, Mark Robinson. He's not really young, but he's young to this program. Chance Campbell's young to this program. Does he count? I think those two JUCOs are going to play. They maybe don't have the impact you're wanting them to have, at least not early. Maybe they come on late, like a DJ Jones did, and then exploded and has now had a really, really strong NFL career. But linebacker-wise, Austin Keys, I, I'm really high on him. I think he could be really good for them. What about you? Yeah, I think that um, hey, here's the thing. We're going to have to see, you know, one thing that practice can be hard to judge at times. You know, there's a ton of different drills, and there's different specifications on each drill. Hey, it could be a third down, it could be whatever. But what's going to be cool to see is, so so usually when you go into a season, the rotation is is very heavy. I mean, it's you know you, you have a lot of guys that um, that are going to be in the mix, but who's going to be the gamers is what I can't wait to see. Like, hey, we're, you're going to know right away if those guys are contributing, if they're making plays out there, and that rotation is going to be kind of trimmed down after the first couple of weeks, just like baseball. You know, all those guys play at the beginning, you know, trailer floors in the lineup, whatever. And then it kind of gets trimmed down, and then you kind of find your guys who's out there producing. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, if the if the JUCO D line are in that sense, but. Um, yeah, it, it's the, the the rotation will, will be settled on the field game day. Swayze Crazy Nine, Lane's comments about the scrimmage are very concerning. Similar names on the defense, equaling similar results. Poor tackling, poor angles. Not even in the neighborhood on some pass plays. When do you quit making excuses and make a decision to change all involved? Um, well, they, they, well, I don't think we have that luxury. Um, I, I don't think we're at the point to where. 
to where we can just dig deep and there's not really a guy behind some of these guys that are, that is just that much better. You know I mean? You kind of got what you got. Um, but I mean, let's, let's not get too crazy here. It's the first scrimmage after week one. Um, it's, it's way too early to get, to get into that talk. Um, in, and really you don't, you don't fire guys off practice. Um, you know, not, not defense, not coaches. And, and, and certainly, you know, players will, they'll, they'll get their roles in practice, but you know, let's, let's give them some games, man. Let's, let's put it on the field. Let's put it out there on the field and let's see what they look like in the games. And, um, you know, th- then you judge from there, you get midway in the season and, and it's more of the same. Um, yeah, there's going to be some, there's gonna be some overall, there's gonna be some changes. Some over under with Matt Smith over under on the season. We're going to go one by one. First up over under eight sacks on the season for Sam Williams. Um, I'm going to say just under. Six and a half seems about right. Four interceptions for Keydron Smith. Uh, I'm going to go under with that as well. Ten tackles for loss for Chance Campbell. <laughs> it, it just depends on how much he gets on the field. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he's if he's going to be in front of the other guys yet, or if he's out there full time. I think I think he I think he will get that. A thousand yard season for Braylon Sanders. I think Braylon Sanders goes for. If he's fully healthy, Braylon Sanders goes for mm, 1,300 yards. The caveat, can he stay healthy? 12 rushing touchdowns for Jerrion Ely. Um, I'm going to say 15-plus. 35 passing touchdowns for Matt Corral. 40-plus. Oh, my God. Six new book signings at the local Dollar Generals for Steve Robertson. Over! Over! Bull 2050, can y'all do a preseason breakdown of the schedule and project wins and losses? Could make a whole episode out of that. That's exactly what we're going to do. Once we get right up against the season, that's exactly what we're going to do. Oxford Rebel 22, number one, does Matt Corral have the best arm of any Ole Miss quarterback you've seen? Um, Listen, Ole Miss is, one thing Ole Miss has been blessed with is really good quarterbacks, man. I mean, you look at Eli, I mean, you can go on for, for days I mean, Matt Krause certainly has a ton of talent. Um, he's very showcased in this offense. This is a great fit for him. I mean, what would Eli look like in this offense? You know, so, um, yeah, I mean, Matt Krause is very, very talented, but Ole Miss has been blessed with some quarterbacks. Um, you know, I, I would say he's up there with um, with some of the better, better arm talent guys. Number two, will the next generation of NCAA football – Break every video game sales record of all time for EA Sports. And now that you've said yes, and yes, and Brad has rolled his eyes, let's talk about getting a Spirit Board Online Dynasty League going. I'm all in. I'm for it. You set it up. I'll promote it. We'll do it. Absolutely. Number three, I know you don't cover recruiting after Cam Akers. You're damn right. But on a scale of indifferent to big mad, how upset are Mississippi State fans going to be after the 2022 and 2023 recruiting classes are signed. Here's the thing. We don't know what 2022 and 2023 are going to look like with Lane Kiffin. You're year to year. You have to accept it. Anything can happen with the Lane Kiffin experience. So I would want to lean with you and say they're going to be mad and that the recruiting success that they've had and are going to continue to have is only going to make Mississippi State fans, very online Mississippi State fans, really upset. But I don't know what this program is going to look like in 2022 and 2023. I don't know. Yeah, we've got the terms of Lane Kiffin's contract, and it looks like he's in it for the long haul. But with Lane Kiffin, you just don't know. So it's hard to make that prediction. Yeah, agreed, man. I mean, it's nowadays, dude, you just don't know, especially transfer portal on top of 
you know, the, the volatility in coaches, it's just, um, it, it's tough to look, look, have a forward outlook on anything nowadays. Matt Smith, what changes would you make to NCAA college football dynasty mode for the future? Number one, a more immersive experience to where you can do press conferences, um, where you can actually go into the rooms of recruits, being able to take your my player and insert him into dynasty mode and just play as your player in dynasty mode, where you can go through the whole recruiting process. Is an immersive my player experience with NCAA football? I would love more in-depth recruiting, yes. And offering NIL deal promises would be neat. They're going to have to incorporate NIL deals. That's going to absolutely have to happen. You're going to have to do all kinds of recruiting incentives to make it more fun and immersive. But anything that is more immersion is what I'm on board for. And that includes press conferences. That includes interactions as far as sideline reporting interviews, things of that nature. Give me all that stuff, and I'm good. Huey Wood 4, what can you tell us about basketball progress? Well, not a lot right now. They open practices at the beginning of October, I think. I'm going to talk to a number of different basketball people in September. So right now, there's not a lot of progress. Now, if you want to go back and look at some stories I've written, Riley um, Allen for Ole Miss Basketball was on this podcast, and then I wrote some stuff from it. So go back into the archives, and you'll be able to read about progress made over the summer. And Matt Morell, I will tell you, has had an absolutely dynamic offseason. Sports Guy 1, after a week of camp, which of the freshman defensive backs stand out as immediate players? Any word on signing day hero MJ Daniels? He's looks really good. Really good. A lot of good reports from N.J. Daniels. Now, he's a freshman. He's going to make mistakes, but he's around the ball. He's got good ball skills. He's competitive. They really like him as a corner or as a safety. Trey Washington has been impressive. DeMarco Williams, Markevish Brown, and Tysheem Johnson, all of which have been really impressive so far in fall camp. Rebel 31, when could we possibly see the renderings for the football stadium addition renovation? Too early yet? Way too early. Rebel 31, I enjoyed the construction cam during the pavilion construction. Well, they have those for whenever they do the football stadium. I would say so. Yeah. Maiden Dixie, Brad, what do you think of adding powder blue shoes with powder blue helmets and jerseys? Um, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, I don't really care, man. I mean, it's, it, it's not ideal to have powder blue shoes on, but uh, nowadays it's about the swag. So, um, let's just, um, let's just beat Alabama. Yeah. Just beat Alabama. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> if, that, if that's the trade-off, then okay. Oh man. Matt Smith, Ben trade colors, but keep logo and uniform for Ole Miss with any other SEC squad who and why? Oh man. Georgia. Georgia. Uh, Georgia. Yeah. Georgia. Georgia. I love Georgia's uniforms. Georgia. Sneaky love LSU purple and gold. I love it. But Georgia, Georgia. Dallas Rebs 247, between Ely and Plumley, whose role are you most excited to see play out this fall? I think it's obviously Plumley, man. I mean, you know what Ely's gonna do. He's gonna go out there, he's gonna he's gonna be the he's gonna be probably the lead back. He's gonna catch the ball in the backfield, a lot of screens. Um, he's gonna get get a lot of swing stuff. He's gonna he's gonna run the ball. Um, he's gonna run the ball well. You kinda know what his role is gonna look like. We don't know what Plumley's role is gonna look like. I mean, you hear reports he's in the slot. That's where that's where they think he's going to be, but I mean, you just got to see it. I mean, we don't know exactly what John Rice is going to look like full time. We saw it in one bowl game where where he was only practicing for a week, but you know, there's going to be a lot of I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that that he gets to do or does that that's going to make him a pretty interesting figure out there on the field. You know, I, I know I know that everybody's thinking full time slot, and that's probably where he's going to be. But man, there's a lot of other stuff you can do with him and his athletic ability that that should be interesting to see. And um, he'll, he'll, he'll develop his role fairly quickly. And then, um, you know, we'll get to kind of watch it play out this fall. It could be pretty dynamic. 
Reb Freak, is Yancey really going to be the new host of Rebel Yell Hotline? Oh boy, this could get interesting or not. Yes, he is. Is is Rebel Yell Hotline? Is that the one where they call in and it's like yes. crazy stuff? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I remember as a kid, we'd be listening to that on the way home from the games, I think, or somewhere along the lines of that, and you'd get some some pretty interesting call-ins. <laughs> With Yancey, it'll be wild. It'll be wild. Cedar Reb, Ben, you and Brad thought it would be almost impossible for John Rice Plumley to convert to a slot receiver. It sure sounds like he has done that or well in process. Is he really this talented of an athlete? He must have the mental game down great as well to do this. Thank you. Um, I mean, yeah, we've heard reports of what it looks like or what it's, um, yeah, well, we haven't seen it yet. And, um, I'm certainly rooting for him. I, no, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. But have you seen it, um, in, in Tuscaloosa or, or in, in death Valley, you know, you know, we, we have not seen John Rice in a live, super live action with, um, you know, a consistent sec schedule playing slot. So I think it's gonna be well, but I, I, I am a little skeptical of him actually playing full-time slot. I do think he's going to be a massive part of the offense. I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of other stuff you see to get to get the ball in his hands. I think you see a little bit of everything. I think that he's, um, you know, he is a great athlete. He certainly has the mental ability to do whatever he wants to do, but I just see this role being much more than just, Hey, I'm lining up as a slot receiver and just, you know, breaking guys down, making plays over the middle. I see this being, you know, kind of, he's just going to be all over the field, man. I mean, I just, I just don't see it any other way. You know, whether it be sweeps to him, whether it be, you know, different, you know, misdirection plays, whether he comes out of the backfield for some stuff. I just I just think it's going to be a lot more than just just pure slot. Absolutely agree. This has been a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and the 247 Sports. We'll be back on Thursday. The plan right now, the plan, not going to make any promises, is to have two Ole Miss football players as the guests on Thursday. And then we're going to tell you about some plans we have for the fall. That's all coming up on Thursday. Thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you then. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.